Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 144 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is how to deliver information. And my special guest is Elliot Adam. Welcome, Elliot. Hi, Teresa. Thanks so much for having me on your wonderful show today. I really enjoy it. I've been watching all of your episodes, and I hope your listeners are also listening to your astrology bites because those are fascinating too. Oh, thank you. You know, uh, when I thought about this topic, and I've been thinking about this one for a while, because I think for people who are reading tarot, uh, whether you're new to tarot or whether you've even been reading it a long time, like you and I both have, Mm. Delivering information is something that I think many people struggle with, and sometimes people get it wrong. But one thing I've known you forever. I've known for people who are <laughs> listening. Yeah, I've known Elliot, you guys, uh, for about thirty years. I mean, we've both been doing yeah. this a long time. And um, one of the things, Elliot, that always impressed me from you is that you have a way of delivering things for people that's really helpful, that's really compassionate, and it. And that is a skill I think that can be learned. I think that mm-hmm. can learn how to deliver information. So, absolutely. Beginning on that subject, uh, what is the first thing that you think we need to keep in mind when we are giving a tarot reading and delivering information, especially sensitive information, to a querent? What do we need to keep in mind? Um, I think there's actually three main things to keep in mind, but the first thing, the most important thing, in my opinion, is empathy. I think um, you have to possess enough empathy to know how your words might be taken by a sensitive individual. And just because you might be tough or you might have been through some tough things in your life and uh, you'd rather have words bluntly slapped across your head uh, with the low down dirty facts doesn't mean that your client's going to enjoy that. So you really have to be sensitive enough and have enough self-awareness to ask yourself, you know, if someone I just met uh, were to speak to me in this manner that I'm speaking right now, would I feel safe or threatened? Or would I trust that person or feel attacked? And, you know, above the ancient temple of Delphi, where the Pythia gave her pronouncements centuries ago, there was a sign that read, know thyself. And in the context of being an oracle for others and uh, knowing yourself, Uh, you get the gift of empathy because if you can remember your journey, maybe when you hadn't done your work on yourself or maybe when you were struggling with something that was very difficult, uh, you can put yourself in that client's shoes and really be sensitive to how they might need to hear that information in order to affect the best change for them. I think that's so important. And, you know, um, not everybody is, not everybody possesses empathy. And, Mm. I mean, there are some people who pride themselves on being brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can be like that too. I really can. So what do you think about that? What do you think about brutal honesty? Is it? Oh, I think honesty is another component. So I think we need empathy, but I also think we need clarity. And I think we need honesty too. And I think for honesty, you should never tell a client what you think they want to hear just to gain their acceptance in that moment. Uh, If your feelings or the cards or anything that's in front of you is telling you the exact opposite of what you're wanting to tell them, and just go with the symbolism every time. If you tell a client a lie just to make them feel better at that reading, 
uh, that same client is going to feel very betrayed by you when the truth comes out later. And the truth always comes out. And so what you want to do is be honest. But I think sometimes people uh, confuse honesty with uh, just blunt cruelty. And just because you put something more bluntly doesn't make it more true. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying to sugarcoat honesty. I'm, I'm saying the exact opposite of that. But I think that you need to be compassionate in your delivery of something that you're seeing that is true. But you should never tell a client something that's not there uh, or just try to make them happy at that time uh, because the truth does come out eventually. What about, though, if you tell somebody something, let's say, and oftentimes, you know, um, there's people who want to know the question, will uh, an ex come back? And mm-hmm. sometimes if you don't see that in the cards, I'm using that as an example because it's a very, very common scenario. And if you don't see it and you tell them, what do you do when the client gets really mad or abusive? I mean, now, now we're yeah. dealing with a very different situation. What do you do then? Well, um, the beauty of tarot readings, I feel, uh, or at least you know, my approach to it, is that uh, the cards, the symbols, are actually the thing that take the client out of their own head. And you're able to put the symbols on the table in front of them and talk about it almost in a separate way from them. So you're able to look at their situation that they might have an attachment to an outcome too. And you're able to take it out of that personal place and then just say, oh, well, the cards are saying this, or this is what I'm seeing with this symbol. And when you're dealing with somebody who's uh, very difficult uh, or who is annoying you, frankly, because they are so adamant that what they want to see is what is there, no matter what you have to say. Um, sometimes you have to take a step back, uh, take a little breather, and realize that maybe the reason this person's annoying you so much is because they're highlighting something that you spent a lot of years maybe working on yourself or strengthening yourself through. And now you're seeing this person just marinating in this issue and being completely unaccountable for it. And it can be frustrating, but as readers, we have to remember that um, maybe the client hasn't done all the work that we've done. And sometimes we have to put ourselves in that client's shoes and remember, oh, well, I remember when that guy wasn't calling me back and how that felt and how desperate I was for answers. And, you know, it's really annoying to see this client completely feel powerless about it, but at least I can understand and sympathize. And if you can at least communicate that to the client you'll let them know that you're on their side, that you can totally understand their feelings. You totally get it. Uh, But you can still be clear and say, but this person is not good for you. But let's circle back. And what I love to do in readings is not just focus on the negative. So for example, if this uh, person isn't good for this individual, I like to look at the cards and find where the client's strength resides. And I like to remind them that Actually, you don't need to be a victim of waiting for this person to call you. Look at you have the strength card in your past. This says you've overcome so many challenges. Why would you give all your power away at this time to this individual? And I think if you can arm somebody with what's best about them and build them up with their positive attributes, um, they'll go out and do that work themselves. But sometimes they haven't done the same work we've done. And you have to be patient and you have to understand that. Totally agree. I love, love, love how you really focus on empowering people because that is so important. I think, I think a lot of people assume that the future just happens to them. Oh my God. Yes. And that's a big misconception people have about our work that we do. Yeah. And you know, and then they come to us and they want us to just tell them what the future is. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like they don't 
think that they have a role in it, that somehow things are just going to unfold. It's magically happening. Mm-hmm. The dude is going to show up. It's all going to work mm-hmm. out. But you know, as a reader, that it doesn't quite work out that way. How do you convey that to a client? How do you let them know when they come and say, just tell me what the cards say. I just want to know what you see. Well, you have to be honest and you have to, um, first you have to kind of define terms. You know, a lot of times people don't understand our work because the only exposure they've had to it is through popular, popular culture uh, or a television show or watching Charmed or something. And so uh, sometimes we even have to define like the word, like what is a psychic? You know, I really hesitated in my business over the years advertising myself as psychic because I think it's a loaded word that means different things to different people. And to a client that's just coming to you, they might think the word psychic means that you can predict the future as if it will unfold, like you were saying, in this very linear way, everything's predestined, and somehow we have this secret knowledge and they don't. And so sometimes you have to just be very clear that the future is unfolding and it is Uh, dependent on our choices right now. And it's mutable. And it's totally up to you to, you know, define where you want to head and and what you want to make happen. And I just love how you describe it. uh, Every time I hear your uh, Tarot Bites uh, video at the end where uh, you say the cards tell a story, but you get to write the ending. I think that's so appropriate. Uh, because uh, it is not predestined. Uh, you know, there are things that are synchronistic. There are things that will happen that are, are very profound. And there are things that we can predict that um, are pretty amazing. Uh, but it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we're in the know of every event as it unfolds. Uh, oftentimes, we're just taking a snapshot of that person as they are right now with all their flaws and, uh, and all their blessings. And, and we're just trying to give them that honest feedback. I think I always like to say that oftentimes, you know, what we do as readers is we take the information that the client already knows or has some clue about, mm-hmm. and we just, the cards just pull it out, we put it in front of them, and it gives them an opportunity to validate really mm-hmm. what they know deep inside. Yes. I mean, for me, tarot is the language of symbols. Yes. And the unconscious, the higher self, your inner self, whatever you want to call it, it speaks this language of pictures. And our unconscious, it's always chattering in the background of our consciousness. It's, it's always looking for patterns. It's looking for signs. It's looking for symbols to aid us in understanding our current situ- uh, situation. And uh, sometimes uh, we all get so caught up in our life, our ego, our attachments, our social media, our jobs, that we drown out that inner wisdom. And a tarot reading really gets you back in touch with that validating inner wisdom through that language of symbolism. And if you do your job well, uh, the symbols will do the work for you every time. They will guide the person. Uh, if you just describe what you're seeing through the symbolic images, they'll make those connections. They'll know exactly what you're talking about. And you know that brings me to the third thing that I think is so important with delivering information is clarity. You know, I know a lot of wonderful readers out there that are sweet people. They might even be very compassionate or empathetic or uh, very gifted with uh, intuitive symbolism, but their delivery isn't really that great. And so uh, they're confusing clients by not just making clear statements. So for example, if they're pausing a lot and really struggling to come up with the meaning of a card... Uh, and using a lot of ums or, or wishy-washy speaking or whatever, uh, a lot of times that kind of brings a lot of confusion. And really, your ability as a tarot reader is only as good as your ability to convey that information and make it 
understood by the person that's hearing you. So here's something I want to ask you about. You know, we're talking about clarity. Um, what about absolutes? What I mean by this, there are some readers who often will say things like it's gospel. And oh. like, oh, <laughs> well, I had a um, friend of mine who got a reading from somebody and the woman had told her, well, your son is going to have a very difficult time in the future, many obstacles, and most likely it's going to be substance abuse. Wow. And spoke it like it was a gospel. Now, they're talking yeah. about... They're talking about a 10-year-old child. I oh, mean, my God. Yeah. For a 10-year-old child, your whole future is, I mean, I always believe everybody's mm-hmm. future is wide open. We can change things at any time. But to say an absolute, like, they're definitely going to have struggles. They're definitely going to be dealing with substance abuse. That's probably going to be their mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I mean, absolutes well, are pretty intense. I think that people who deal in absolutes um, are usually people that are very insecure. And so there's even tarot readers out there who are very insecure. And sometimes uh, they are more trying to mask a wounded ego uh, by overly projecting their ego on their client. Sometimes they're trying to say that uh, declarative absolute as a way to gain power uh, or to scare the client because let's face it, people that are afraid are really easy to control. And so um, I think that uh, it more has to do with the wounded, the ego of the, the reader in that case than it does about what they're actually seeing. And readers can do such great harm. I mean, I, I really can't stress that enough that when you are delivering information to people, you are taking uh, their sensitive heart in your hands. And with some of these people, they will take very seriously what you have to say. And you have to be very careful about making uh, dire predictions like that to feed your own ego uh, when, uh, you know, that could really end up screwing up some people. I mean, I remember years ago, like 20 years ago, uh, getting clients in my shop who would say, oh, well, I just went to this woman up the street and um, she said that I had a curse on me and uh, now I have to do all her dishes and things like this. And um, how will I get this evil eye off of me that this person put? And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. You don't have a curse on you and this woman's using you. And so readers like that, that are really just out to scare people, um, I think are just kind of the worst kind of people. I don't know. Oh, they're terrible. And then we end up having to clean up their messes. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I've, I've cleaned up lots of messes from people like that, especially once you say you have a curse on you. Uh, uh, you know, frankly, for people who are listening, I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah. So I'm not the reader. If you really want to hear that you have a curse on you and you don't want to take responsibility for your yes. life, I'm not the reader for you. I think, yeah. I think sometimes when people, I mean, of course, people who tell people they have a curse on them, oftentimes they are, like you say, they're looking to gain power. Oftentimes they're looking to take money from people mm-hmm. and to tell them you've got to give me $10,000 for a curse. And blah, oh, yeah. Blah. But yeah. the other side of that, what happens is it takes the client's responsibility away. Instead of saying, well, mm. my life is bad because I have a curse on me, not because yep. I'm living with this terrible partner and I'm drinking every night yep. and yep. I hate my job. You know what I mean? It's yep. like it takes yep. all of your responsibility and then you don't feel powerful enough to change your life. Yeah, well, there's a comfort in that, too, in a really twisted way, uh, that if you do give up that power, and you even stay in something as toxic and unhealthy as that, it's familiar. And let's face it, change is scary. I mean, what is our big change card in the tarot? It's the death card. 
And there's a reason that the jaw drops every time the death card comes out, because we're talking serious business here. This is a death of your old way of life. It's a start of something new. And so uh, that can be terrifying. I think it's so fitting that we use that card to represent change because it does scare us a little bit. Even experienced readers, when we see it, we're like, oh, time to pay attention. The death card just came out. And, um, you know, absolutely, there is a comfort in having someone tell you, well, you know, you're not really responsible for the negative uh, situation you find yourself in. Uh, it's actually the curse or it's actually, you know, bad juju or, or you're just stuck with it because that's your destiny. Um, and it's like, okay, well, then I'll just stay in this dysfunction because it's comfortable and I know it. You know, it, it takes courage to change and to go out on a limb and do something different. And how do you encourage people then when they are, let's say, in a really awful situation, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're in an abusive relationship, maybe Mm -hmm. they're in a job they hate, but they need the money, Uh, maybe they're struggling with addiction. I mean, how can we as readers encourage them to change and to evolve? What's some of the language we can use to really help people in those situations? Well, I always like to look at the spread in front of me and look for the strong cards, look for the empowered cards. And I like to, I don't want to say play them up, but I do like to highlight them. I do like to feature them. I do like to talk about the challenge that's happening for the client. Absolutely. But I also like to remind them, perhaps if they've faced something like this before and they don't overcome it, that that's still them, that there's still something in them that's powerful. And, you know, it's interesting, but, you know, sometimes problems happen in life that push people to the brink. And sometimes they uh, succumb to the illusion that they're no longer in control. And sometimes it feels for them like their mind has been overthrown. And as a reader, you will sometimes have to be the stand-in for the voice of what is strongest within that client when they can't hear it anymore. And so sometimes you have to be the voice of their higher self and say, actually, you're strong actually, you've survived worse than this before. Let's remember that person. And I think once they're acquainted with that powerful part of themselves, it doesn't solve the problem for them. They still have to do the work, but they they start to remember themselves at least. And that's the powerful, uh, you know, thing that we can do for people, which is just guide them back to that empowered place. What about if you have someone who's really completely in denial? They're in denial. They're not hearing. They're not listening. They don't want to hear what you want to say. How do you deliver helpful information to somebody who really doesn't want to be helped? Well, um, you have to still be clear and honest. And, you know, this happens to all of us. I mean, if you read long enough, you will have a client like that who is very resistant to what's true. I mean, and anyone could look at this objectively and be like, oh my God, this is sick. Get out of this or whatever. But it's like a hoarder's episode. They're living in this trash for so long and they don't even smell it or see it anymore. Um, And you just have to circle back and say, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but this is what the cards are saying. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm seeing. And um, I encourage you if you don't agree with it or whatever, you know, that's okay. Uh, But wait and see, you know, and if it, if it does uh, go the way that you're hoping it does, you know, more power to you. I hope it does, but I I doubt that's going to happen. And you really just need to take a nice, honest look at things. And, and again, just do it with compassion. Don't, uh, you know, flip over the ten of swords and say, well, you're screwed. I mean, because that doesn't help anybody. Uh, But you do have to, um, 
uh, you know, keep circling back to the truth. Because like I said earlier, if you're trying to gain their acceptance in that reading, uh, they're going to end up calling you in a couple months in tears because the same thing happened. And guess who they're going to blame? You. They're going to say, you told me that this was going to be wonderful again and whatever. And now I got beat up or whatever, you know. That is um, something that you really need to stay on is, is your honesty. Right on. And what if you see something, honestly, let's say you see like this relationship's going to work out. All the cards are great. Mm-hmm. And maybe it doesn't. Sure. And I always, I mean, what happens when you deliver a very honest reading based on what you see, mm-hmm. but let's say it doesn't work out. What, do, what then? I like to uh, cover my tracks, you know, before I make a statement like that. We were talking about absolutes earlier and speaking in absolutes about negative things. But I also agree that speaking in absolutes about positive things can be just as destructive uh, because you get the hopes up of the person and then they think, oh, well, I get to sit back and coast because everything in the reading was great. So I don't have to do anything. And I think that um, when, when I do see something great, so for example, with the beginning of a relationship, if someone's coming to me and I'm seeing Ace of Cups, I'm seeing Two of Cups, I'm seeing the lovers, I'm seeing all this great rosy stuff, and the relationship is just beginning, I'll often tell the client, you know, I want to caution you. I'm seeing really great things. I think you should proceed in this relationship. This looks very promising. I'm so excited for you. But I want you to know that in readings, when things are new, they haven't been screwed up yet. And so even in relationships, if we're seeing something at the get-go in the beginning looks so rosy, so happy, um, I want to caution you that that's because there's no baggage yet. There's no problems. You don't even know this person yet. The shadow hasn't come out. You're not even in that phase yet. So I always like to just let people know that, hey, this looks promising. Follow up on it. See how it looks. But let's not get ahead of our skis and say, uh, this is your soulmate. You'll never have to find another person again for the next 30 years. Um, that's a tall you know, tale to tell, I think. It is. And also, I always find it interesting when someone just begins dating someone that mm-hmm. they want to get a reading to see where it's going to lead. Mm-hmm. When it's just brand new. And I always find that like, well, don't you want to just give this a little more time to see how things are going before you're already yeah. having the wedding? Yes. <laughs> well, sometimes they're trying to see where it's going to go because there is that little fear in them that um, maybe this is just a, a big fluke or maybe this person has a double life or maybe this person might be a creep or I don't want my heart to get broken. So, you know, I can see why people get readings in the beginning of a relationship. And, you know, when people get readings, they're oftentimes really there to celebrate their rites of passage with us. So a lot of times clients come when they're having a problem Uh, But sometimes they come to us when they just got a new job and they're excited and they want to share that and they want to see what's ahead or how they can uh, best show up for that new job um, or the project they're working on. So, uh, yeah, I think, like I said before, the absolute thing, uh, I really avoid that. I mean, even in tarot symbolism, one of my pet peeves uh, with other readers sometimes is they take their tarot meanings as the gospel. And if anyone has a different thing to say about a card or anyone has a different perspective about something, they're right away there to correct you and uh, post about, well, actually, this card means this. Absolutely. And, you know, you're completely wrong and doing great harm to people by telling them something different. Um, Once we get into that absolutism, that fundamentalism, we're heading into almost like that religious fundamentalism crap, which is so destructive. It's the cause of so many problems on our planet. Oh, yeah. Mary Greer actually said there's people that are tarot fundamentalists. She did yeah. a whole 
She did a whole thing once talking at um, a conference about it. And it was actually quite interesting that a lot of us did discover that, you know, we have some beliefs that are pretty, pretty strong too. And learning how to be very open is so challenging. It is. So I've got another question for you. What happens? Mm -hmm. Let's say you're doing a reading for a client and something in that reading triggers something in you. And now suddenly you're feeling all kinds of anxiety because it's bringing up maybe an unhealed part or a situation in your life that's been very, very difficult. And all of a sudden your feelings are in this, your emotions are coming in, your opinions Mm. are coming in. What do you do then? How can you deliver an honest, clear reading when you feel that you are being triggered? Hmm. Um, I, it's weird. I don't know if it's just my reading style, but you know, ever since I was a kid, uh, before I sit down for a reading with someone, I really do kind of check out. I almost feel like I'm not even there and I lay out the cards and I'm just reading the story of the person's life kind of dispassionately. Like I'd be reading a news article or something like that. Um, and the only way I would get triggered is if I'm being interrupted um, okay. or, and the, the person is arguing with what I'm saying before I get a chance to say it, uh, that, that could kind of throw me off a little bit, but oftentimes I kind of just, uh, say the whole narrative, uh, you know, go through the whole reading and then open up the floor for questions later. Uh, but I, I don't really get triggered a lot. Um, I would say that the only times I've been triggered is when people are confrontational. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I can't stand that. I'm like, you know, just let's, and when people interrupt me too, I don't like that because when the information's coming, it's like a ticker tape. So an interruption Mm kind of like throws me. One of the things that I do, if I'm doing a reading for somebody and I have a strong opinion about it that has nothing to do with the cards, Mm -hmm. I always make sure I say now, I'm putting these cards aside for a moment because I have an opinion (laughs) about this. Yeah. This is my opinion about your situation. This has nothing to do with the cards. This is based on my experience and what I think. And I let mm. them know right off the bat that this is just solely my opinion. And I mm-hmm. think that way I can keep that really separate. Because you know me, I'm, a, I'm an opinionated person. And there are things <laughs> that I have strong if about. And if it comes up in a reading, I, I will often say, this is my opinion. It's nothing with the cards. Well, and- I think that that's wonderful for the people that you're doing that for, because it actually does show that you're caring about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're caring about them enough to add your own personal wisdom into the reading and say, Hey, you know, because I'm caring about you, I want you to know what I'm feeling here. Uh, you know, aside from what the cards are saying, uh, this is what could really be helpful to you. So that's, that's wonderful. So let me ask you this now, has there, is there ever a time when you think you shouldn't tell someone something? Hmm. Shouldn't tell someone something. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Nothing's springing to mind. Um, I don't know. What, what Could you give me an example maybe of, of something well, that... Let's say you have a person sitting in front of you and mm-hmm. you can sense that they're extremely anxious and they're on edge and maybe the information that's showing up might cause them to do something drastic. Mm, okay. And the Got information it. that you're seeing in the reading, you know those cards are showing this doesn't look like a good thing and Mm. you're sensing that that person might go do something injurious or maybe irrational how do you deliver it then oh my i haven't given a reading like that in many years uh but what i would say is that 
that's when you are speaking in a way that's very gentle, just as if someone was standing on the top of a building and ready to jump. Uh, you would be very careful with how you're communicating. And you would also uh, tie into your reading that they need to speak to the appropriate professionals. Uh, So you would want to, for someone who's on the edge or very depressed or maybe even suicidal, uh, you are not a suicide coach as a tarot reader. You know, you are a tarot reader. You're not a a professional. And you really would want to uh, refer them and say, you know, I'm seeing here that there are some struggles that are going on, but uh, I'm feeling that the best way forward for you is to talk about these things, get them out. They're in your heart too much. They're in your head too much. And with the appropriate person to listen and give you the guidance, I really see you having a chance of succeeding and moving past this. So again, you do it in compassionate ways. You don't say, well, um, you look like you have mental problems. So I think you should go see and get get some help. You know, Uh, you really have to be gentle, uh, but you do have to refer people to the appropriate place. Do not take that matter into your own hand. I think that is really important advice for everybody who, especially people who want to do this professionally. You have to know that as a reader, you are not a, you're not qualified to give therapeutic information, um, health information. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, you're, if you're not a licensed doctor, therapist, or lawyer, or even mm-hmm. a, a licensed business person with an MBA, you mm-hmm. have to make sure also that you very honestly let people know that before they ask a question, you know, if somebody's saying, well, I want to know all about my health. One of the things that I say is I'm not a doctor, so I cannot yes. diagnose. I cannot prescribe. I can look at energy around you. Yes. See if you need to see a doctor, Absolutely. You know, but I will not like try to play doctor because that's very dangerous. And it's the same with therapy telling people, you know, I mean, readings can be therapeutic, but mm-hmm. we, unless you're a licensed therapist, you have to be very, very careful. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I'm just nodding my head over here. Uh, Absolutely. You have to be very clear and honest that there are limits to what tarot readings can do. And it can be difficult because like you said, people will come to you with health questions. People will come to you because sometimes you will be a less expensive form of therapy for them. Uh, And sometimes it will feel like you are a therapist. Sometimes you'll even think, God, I know more than most psychologists. I mean, so, uh, but you really do have to put people in the appropriate channels to, to speak with these individuals that can help them that are qualified for it. If anything, just because it's a huge liability, especially if you have a business. Absolutely. So here's another thing that I like to do. I have an intake form that I've been using with my business. And the intake form just asks people a couple questions about, you know, what they're looking for, um, what they expect from a reading. And one of the reasons why I have that in there is, first of all, I want to vet the client. I want to make sure that, okay, let's make sure this Mm. person's coming for the right reasons. But also, I can ascertain whether or not I'm the right reader for them. Because sometimes, Mm. too... Here's another thing that I think that we need to keep in mind. We're not the right reader for everybody. Absolutely. And knowing that about yourself will also help you to know when to steer the client towards a completely different reader. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, and uh, I love that you do an intake form. I think that's a brilliant idea. And I think that a lot of uh, readers out there uh, might consider that, including myself. I think that's a really good idea. Um, absolutely though, we're not meant to read every single person and, 
uh, sometimes we won't resonate with with an individual, no matter how good a reader you are. Absolutely. And, you know, actually, I got the intake form idea from James Wells, and James has an intake form that you do. And it really helps you to cut through the chase and recognize, you know, first of all, you might also recognize if a person needs more help than a tarot reading. Mm-hmm. You know, if they come in and they're, they're listing some really super heavy stuff that you don't feel comfortable with, you know, if you're not comfortable with the topic, that can also really impact the way that you deliver your information. Do you, don't you mm-hmm. agree? Absolutely. And I mean, also, sometimes as a reader, you need to protect yourself. So for example, through Twitter, uh, or even Instagram, I've had to block people who are DMing me. uh, And they like how I look, or they just want to date or they want to, you know, whatever. And that, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not there for that. I want to give people readings, you know, and so they'll say, can I get a reading? But I'll say, I really don't think um, I'm the appropriate reader for you because, you know, and I'm tactful about it, but yeah, you, you have to protect yourself as well. Absolutely. I've had some very strange requests over the years. So I know, that, <laughs> you know, the wonderful thing about getting old is that those become less and less. So uh, for all the people out there who complain about invisibility, I'm like, you know what, it's kind of nice. You don't have to worry about that. So I have one more question. And yes. this is one of those things that's really kind of that ethical weird thing. Mm. How do you deliver information if somebody wants to ask about other people. What is your policies on that? What should our, should we have policies on that? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if someone wants to spy on their ex or if mm. someone wants to know about their kid, what, what's your, what's your advice on giving that kind of information? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, and what I would say is that none of us is, uh, you know, the mind readers to the ability of being able to actually jump inside that person they're asking about's body and know their thoughts and know everything that's happening. And just like the health question uh, that you mentioned earlier, where you said, I can't diagnose the problem for you. Uh, I'm not a, a doctor, but I can't tell you the energy around this. I think it's completely ethical to talk about the energy around a person that somebody is asking about. Um, it isn't as if you are taking control of their mind and spilling the beans on everything that's going on with them. Uh, and I, I think it's totally appropriate. Uh, but I also think that you're honest that you can't read that person's mind and that um, you don't know, uh, you know, their heart 100%. But absolutely, I think you can check into other people. People do it all the time. Well, then I got to ask you this. Uh, what about if someone wants to know if their partner's cheating? Is that some information you should deliver or not deliver? How do you feel about that? Because I mean, usually they're spying. Yeah. Uh, usually if a person's asking that question, (laughs) chances are that person probably is cheating or at least that relationship needs some major work and communication and honesty. And so if I'm even getting a question like that, um, I never would say definitively, yep, he's cheating on you, run away. What I would say is that it really concerns me that you're asking that question about this relationship. And uh, I think that there needs to be, uh, you know, coming to terms with communication with your partner. Uh, Otherwise, maybe this relationship isn't really working. If someone's wondering if someone's cheating on them, I mean, just speaking as somebody who's been in a marriage for eight years or whatever now, uh, when you're with somebody that's stable, you don't wonder about that. Right. You you know this is the real deal, and 
that's just the way it is. Now, some people can get duped and be betrayed. I mean, people can be awful, you know, suddenly out of nowhere, they do cheat or something. Uh, But if you're going to a reader and you're asking them, I just got to know, is he cheating on me? Chances are that person's done it before uh, or some sort of behavior is making you feel paranoid or scared of that. And that's already telling me that this uh, this relationship has some major problems with it. I agree. And I, you know, I've been with my husband forever and a day. Um, I mean, we've been together like 30 years and I never think about that. I never question Mm -hmm. that because I know that's not in this relationship. Mm -hmm. And in a previous relationship, it was a question I asked Mm -hmm. when I went to a reader many, many years ago, because I knew on some level something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. something wasn't healthy. And of mm-hmm. course, that re- the relationship ended up blowing up and it didn't work out. But on some level, I knew. And the reader was really careful and she was really quite delicate and wonderful. Mm. And I really appreciated that about her because she didn't give me an absolute, but she mm-hmm. let me know that there's something here that's not healthy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That and really that cool. armed you with the power to then make some decisions and, and move forward yeah. in your life and have that truth and, and honesty as well. And have your feelings confirmed, which a lot of times is what people are coming to readers for. Right on. Elliot, um, I could talk to you forever in a day. Um, oh, I always love talking to you. My goodness, it's a pleasure. Yes. And this is such a great topic. I feel that, you know, we've gotten a lot of great information from my listeners. We could go probably on and on and on for hours about this because it's a really important topic. And I think Mm -hmm. readers need to be mindful with their words. They need to be mindful about how they can impact people. And Mm -hmm. they always need to think about how can I empower this person? Absolutely. And you do it really beautifully. You really do. Oh, well, thank you, my friend. And um, it's just so wonderful to see your journey too. Uh, from 25 years ago, when I was that floppy haired kid at the tea house reading cards and just seeing what a colossus you've become in our tarot world. It's just amazing the heights you've climbed to. And uh, I'm super proud of you. Oh, thank you. And you know, I the feeling is mutual. I just <laughs> love watching your journey too. So speaking of your journey, if people want mm-hmm. to get a reading from you, where are they going to find you, Elliot? Let them know. Well, a- absolutely. Uh, visit my website, elliotoracle.com. Uh, on that website, aside from just booking a reading with me, I also have a wonderful free resource of interpretations of the Rider Waite Smith deck. And so if a card is stumping you or you're having trouble with it, uh, you can just Google Elliot Oracle and then that card meaning uh, and my blog will come up. Uh, it's been uh, really taking off over the last couple of years. And then you can always find me on Instagram too. Instagram's my jam. I love it there. And that's also Elliot Oracle. That's two L's and one T. And you guys, if you get there on Instagram, he does wonderful daily reads and they're just so helpful. So you definitely want to get over there, check it out, get, get in on his daily readings and get a reading from him. I've had readings from Elliot over the years and he's always been one of my absolute favorite readers. So thank you again, Aww. Elliot, for being What here an today. honor, Teresa. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, tarot for troubled times, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. And I'd also like to mention that if you'd like to learn how to read tarot with me directly, 
come away to Tuscany, the birthplace, the birthplace of tarot, to learn anew or to deepen your knowledge at the Tuscany Tarot Intensive. This is a five-day total tarot immersion from May 10th to the 16th, 2020. There's also going to be guided meditations. There's a spa, pasta-making class, um, fabulous food, lots of wine. You can get all the details and sign up at radiantjane.com. Look for retreats and head on down to Tuscany Tarot Intensive. And I want to thank you guys again for listening, and I hope you have a beautiful day. And I always want to remind you that if you like this podcast, and I sure hope you do, do me a wee favor. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review, because that helps more tarot-curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day, and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>